Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, April 17th, 2023. What's going on? How are ya? How's it going with you? Um, I just got back from College Station in Austin, Texas, and I could not have had a bad... I had such a good fucking time. I think I'm going to go sit over in my fucking chair instead of this chair that I'm sitting in. If I can figure out how to get these wires, the goddamn wires to not be crossed over here. Um, I had a great fucking time. And this is just wasting your time by talking about what a great time I had as I move shit over. Why wouldn't I do this to begin with? Is my, do, do, do my headphones, are they long enough? Will this work? Can this happen? Can I live the dream? Can I sit in a chair and do a podcast? And I can! It happened, everybody. Um, all right, first things first. Thank you to everybody that came out to uh, UT. Not UT. Oh, my God. Not UT. That's University of Texas. University of Texas A&M. Texas A&M Agricultural. Thank you for everybody that came out. Arguably, like, one of, one of the coolest crowds I've been in front of in a long time. They just were fun. Everybody came out to have a good time. I went out. I was with Dean Del Rey. We went up there and uh, I don't even know what the fuck I talked. I riffed. They were so much fun. I think I winged like the first 25 minutes of my set just fucking around. Making fun of shit. Making fun of them. Making fun of myself. And um, it, all, uh, it all worked out. It all worked out. They were fun people. Somebody in the crowd gave me shit about owning a Prius back in the day. We got back, we got into that. Then I was telling them that, you know, I'm kind of like you guys, you know, and that I'm also buying a big, big Ford truck that's never going to go off road and I don't really fix anything and I don't have a ranch, you know? I spend most of my time on YouTube. <laughs> um, the sound was amazing. The people there were amazing. Seriously, that, um, that College Station gig was one of my favorite gigs I've done in a long, long, long time. And uh, why? Why were we out there? By the way, we played uh, the place where the, uh, uh, the Aggies basketball team plays, right? And the uh, fucking place was huge. It was an amazing arena. And someone was telling me that they, they said they need a, uh, they need a new one. It's unreal. Just the environmental fucking disaster. It's like, why do you need a new one? It used to be, oh, oh, Billy Old Shoes here. It used to be, they, they would make an arena and they would hold on to the arena so fucking long that everybody who played on the first team, you know, in the first game ever on both sides, everyone was dead. Everyone in the crowd was dead. And then they'd finally be like, all right, we need to build a new fucking arena. Right? Like the Boston Garden, they kept that for 60-something years. Even that seems quick. But that should be a rule. Because now it's like they're, they're, they're making these arenas. And they go for about 30 years. And they're just like, yeah, we need a new one. You know? Something sexier. We have to cater to all the people that don't really give a fuck about a game. You know, or the younger crowd. We got to make sure we got all the fucking bells and whistles. 
and all of that shit. I don't know. I watched uh, the Bruins uh, against the Canadians. Speaking of which, their first playoff game tonight against the Florida Panthers. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Historically speaking, uh, setting a regular season record for wins or points does not mean you win the cup. The last two times it did not happen. By the way, some fucking grouchy old Canadians fan was like, ties shouldn't count. Ties shouldn't count. The 1977 Montreal Canadiens are the greatest team that ever... It's like, well, what if ties counted back then they don't count now? You'd still be saying that the 77 Canadians were the greatest team because you're a fucking Canadians fan. You know? It's like, congratulations. Yes, you dominated a six-team league that had then expanded to 12. The expansion six were fucking, you know, I don't know, 10 years old. Were there 12, 13 teams in the fucking league? 15? A couple of WHL teams? Go fuck yourself. You fucking set a record 50 goddamn years ago. You know, also did great in 1977, the fucking Bee Gees. <laughs> you should be dancing, yeah. I mean, we're talking back then. I love the nightlife. I got to boogie on the disco roll. Oh, yeah. That, that was like played during your championship parade. YMCA. Not ironically. Not ironically. That was actually a hit. Macho, macho man. If you want my body and you think I'm sexy, come on, sugar, let me know. Please welcome your 1976-77 Montreal Canadiens. Everybody on the team look like those old pictures in old barbershops where they show fucking haircuts. <laughs> um... Anyway, but what I did love about it was everything great about the Montreal Canadiens is at least 30 years old at this point. 30 years old. Go back to Patrick Waugh's first fucking championship. Now you're going back 37 years. You know? And then you go back to the late 70s. You're, you're 40 plus years. You're almost going back half a century. <laughs> you know it was great uh, this Canadians team that played no not in this arena it was the one before that um, anyway so I wasn't even talking shit I just said congratulations to the Bruins on an amazing regular season and then some Canadians fan Blue Blanc et Rouge cunt had to write oh, can we, um... it's like I don't give a fuck right? with your straight sticks and your no fucking helmets I think that they had curved sticks back then, but like most of the guys in your team weren't wearing helmets, all right? Why don't you take that fucking record, all right? Uh, make a paper airplane out of it. I'm trying to do it like technology from back then, all right? Why don't you sit down at a typewriter and type out why you think, don't send me a fucking email. <laughs> I want you to use the technology from back then. Take out a feather, and write on a fucking scroll and tell me why that that's the greatest fucking... That's not the greatest fucking team ever. Jesus Christ. They got absolutely fucking smoked in 1980 
by what I think is the greatest fucking hockey team all of all time is those still Wayne Gretzky, still there, Edmonton Oilers. You take the best Edmonton Oilers team, whatever one you want. What, you want to say 84, 87, right, 85, whatever fucking team you want to pick. All right? We'll say 85, 84, 85, somewhere around there. They would fucking smoke the 77 Canadians. I didn't hear anybody from Edmonton chirping. You know, those oil barons up there looking down at the people in Calgary with their cattle and their fucking cowboy hats. Um, anyway, that really just fucking steered me off. Did the Canadians make the playoffs this year? I don't even know. Um, are they waiting for that goaltender to get healthy again? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, what is funny is every Canadians fan that I know actually hate, for some fucked up reason, seems to hate the Toronto Maple Leafs more than the Bruins. It's weird because they always say the Bruins-Canadians like rivalry is, uh, is the biggest rivalry in hockey or whatever the fuck, they, or one of the big rivalries in sport. And they just don't. I think it's because those are American shows. Like I got, I got a buddy of mine. He's a Canadians fan. And he told me, you know, goes, good luck in the playoffs. I hope you guys do all right. I go, you don't mean that. We're the Bruins. He goes, honestly, I don't give a fuck. He goes, as long as the Leafs don't win it. And I'm like, dude, the Leafs haven't won it. I'm going to be 55. They haven't won it since a year before. They won it in 56 fucking years. You got twice as many cups as they do. Like, what, what the fuck do you care? You know? You know what it is? I just think that they're in each other's worlds. I wonder how that all went went south. You know, two beautiful cities, bunch of great people. Well, you know, I don't fucking, I don't know. Anyway, so I go to College Station. I go up there. I do my set. Dean Del Rey kills. I killed. The crowd was fucking amazing, like I said. Um, had a great time talking about trucks and guns, fucking feeding animals and acting like they all didn't have the internet. <laughs> And they knew that that's what I was doing, and they just kind of they went along with it. Um, and then I just talked about you know being from you know Hollywood, and you know underage women in our hot tubs and all of that shit, and they fucking they love it as long as you shit on everybody, it all works out. Except every once in a while, somebody gets up fucking they get all upset. They get their fucking panties in a bunch. Yeah, I've had to deal with that fucking lately. People getting their fucking panties in a bunch. Fucking bunch of babies. Um, anyway, so the reason I, I booked that gig there was because I wanted to go to the MotoGP race, race number three of 2023. And I wanted to, I wanted to finally check out this sport live that I've been such a huge fan of. And um, so we went there Saturday. Dean Del Rey knew some people at Ducati. Dean, Dean fucking knows somebody. I swear to God, if you go to Kazakhstan, he would fucking know somebody out there. Like, the guy just knows people. So I go, dude, I'm going to get tickets and blah, 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 blah. He goes, he goes, don't worry. That's like a couple months back. He goes, I, dude, I know the CEO at Ducati. I've been riding motorcycles for 30 years. I fucking know everybody. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get us in there. He totally hooks us up. Um, we got to go down into the paddock. 
and all of these guys that I see on TV, you know, I mean, I don't want to fuck up their names. All those Italian guys, Gigi, all of those guys. I met all of them. We got to go into where they were working on the bikes, you know. Packer's bike is sitting right there. And uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Bastian Anini, however you say his last name. The number one bike, the number 23 bike. Fucking Ducati sitting right there. And we were behind like a partition and we just watched him work on it. And we were so geeking out that the guy actually let us come around into the area where they were working because we just wouldn't shut up asking him fucking questions about those buttons on the, on the left side and all that. And he, he just cycled through all of it, like the different tractions and all of that and was explaining how they go in the straightaway and the bike will just like, you push the button and the, and the back end goes down low and they just fucking open the throttle up. You know, the day of the race we saw it and like the front tire is not on the surface like almost for the, like three quarters of the, the straightaway, it looked like. But um, they could not have been nicer. Um, and then what did we do? We just walked around the track. We took pictures on the track. And then they had this thing, you know, Dean was saying, he goes, hey, you know, they do this thing for like fans where you can do a lap around the track on a Ducati. I go, get the fuck out of here. He goes, yeah, man. He goes, I'm going to do it. And I was like, ah, fuck. I haven't ridden in 11 years, you know. Let me know how that is. He goes, dude, you, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Like, I've probably, I don't even think I've ridden a motorcycle 30 times in my lifetime. I don't know how to do it. You can do it. I'm like, all right, I'll do it, right? So I thought it was going to be like 10 or 15 fucking people. Dude, I show up. It was like a parade. Like, we won a war. It looked like there was 100 people. It wasn't that many. It was probably like 50 fucking people on motorcycles, and everybody is like a motorcycle person. They showed up with their own bikes. They had all the fucking gear. And here comes old fucking Weepy Willie, right? I come in there, and I was just like, all right, dude, I want to ride in the back. Let you guys all go nuts. I'll be back here riding half a mile an hour. And... um. One of the guys there gave me the heads up. He goes, you actually don't want to be in the back. You actually want, it's safer up front. You follow like a pickup truck that sort of the pace car slash truck around the track. He goes, you want to be up front. He goes, people like kind of want to be in the back so they can lay back and run through the gears. And he goes, you know, you might get hit. (laughs) So I'm like, all right. Okay. All right. Whatever. All right, fuck it, I'm doing it, all right? So I'm putting on all the shit. And they go, you want to get used to the bike? Uh, I'm like, yeah, I would like to, you know, let the clutch out a couple of times so I can kind of not stall with fucking, you know, 50 amped up moms and dads behind me that just want to fucking show why they should be racing MotoGP, you know? So um, they get me on the bike. And, you know, I'm doing, and I, you know, I'm walking it and I'm getting it going. And, and I was just sort of laughing to myself, like going like, how the fuck do I get myself involved in this shit? Like my life is literally, it's just one never ending me getting ready to do something I have no business doing. That really is my fucking life. So much of this shit. Since I started doing stand up, 
You know, especially in comedy, going like, Jesus Christ, there's no stage, there's no microphone. What the fuck? Hey, welcome, Bill, Billy Byrne. I'd fucking walk out there and get humiliated. It's just constantly this shit, right? So we're waiting to go out on the track. And I'm like, all right, as long once I get this fucking thing going, I'll be fine. And the guy says, all right, just to let you know, in the end, we stop on the, 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 the line that ends the pits. And at the uh, Circuit of the Americas, or CODA as they call it, that's on a steep incline. Like the, 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 the start-finish line is a straightaway that then goes uphill and it turns into turn one. So I'm sitting there going like, dude, I don't want to stop on that hill because I'm going to have to use the back brake. I don't know how to fuck it. I haven't done that in forever. The guy says, don't worry, we'll stop, we'll stop further. So I say, okay, good. He goes, we'll do, do the group photo more towards at the top of the hill. We say, okay, cool. So anyway, we finally get out there. Uh, I let out the clutch. It's going. I'm walking it. I get it going, and I'm out on the track, and I swear to God, it all came back to me. What little I knew, you know, Shifted into second gear, went, you know, went up the hill, fucking went around the hill, stayed in second gear, don't fucking tip over, you know, and then you go into fucking uh, turn three, four, five, a little S turn, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I remember how to do this. I start going a little faster. <laughs> First of all, I'm, I'm getting fucking past, like you can't, I thought people were going to respect sort of, and it wasn't, it was sort of a free-for-all, people were having fun. And these people all knew how to ride, and I didn't. So I just made sure I stayed over to the side. Um, but I had a good time. Went into, like, turn. You're going to, like, after turn 10, it's downhill. I downshifted. I'm like, all right, still remember how to do that. Bike was really forgiving. It was a Ducati Diavel. Um, Absolutely loved the bike. Uh, and we ended up going around. And by the time I got to, like, the back stretch, which is the fastest part of the track, I was doing, like, fucking, you know, 60 miles an hour which is you know it's fast for me and uh I was like I'm gonna buy this bike and there was something I had going you have a wife and two kids I was like I don't give a shit I don't give a shit I I am I am totally right now in this moment I'm gonna buy this fucking bike right (laughs) going to turn 12 and then all these crazy turns all the way through like turn 18 and then 19 and then 20, and then you're back on the straightaway, and everybody was like, Wah! everybody flew down. That's when I got it up to 60. Actually, old Billy went up to third gear. Ooh, couldn't believe it. And it was such a stable bike. Like, the back tire was as fat as my fucking head. And then we're going ready for the group picture. I'm like, oh, good, he's going to stop at the top of the hill. I did it. I don't have nothing to worry about. Nope. Didn't, didn't communicate it to the truck. They stopped, you know, three-quarters of the way up the hill, and now I'm stopped there, and everybody's trying to, like, be, like, in the first row, it was like three rows of people all the way across the track. I got the picture, and I'm all the way over to the right with one other person to the right, and I got the back brake on, and I'm going like, ah, Jesus Christ. All right, so, you know, give it some throttle as you ease off the clutch, let off the back brake at the same fucking time. I'm trying to practice doing it, and the longer they're making us wait, to go, because we were going to go around the track again, the more these people were getting amped up, and they'd already done the you know, ridden the track once. So they're behind me like, yeah, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, hey, man, like, I just came out here to be in first gear, man. Like, I was just, and I was just laughing going, right, worst case scenario, well, worst case scenario, somebody fucking rear ends me, but like, um, they finally take the fucking picture and then we go off again and uh, I didn't stall it. It was not pretty. 
I definitely did the whoa. I had to walk it a little bit in the fucking front tire, left, right, left, right. And then I got going. And I was like, oh, thank God I didn't do that. And then I, I was even thinking like, okay, I can ride the second lap faster. You know, typical shithead. That's what I'm thinking. But fortunately, we only went through like uh, turn one and two. And then there was another pickup blocking the track to take us in to go back underneath the track and, and bring it back. And at that point, I was like, holy shit. I somehow did this. I was so convinced I was going to stall the bike or I was going to somehow wipe out or something. And I didn't. And after basically going around the track once and doing turn one and two twice, having not had anything bad happen, my ego was literally like, oh, I could ride the 405 in this thing. No fucking problem. Like that's... That's how much of a rush it was. I know that's not true, and I'm not going to do that. All right? <laughs> and I'm not even saying that to you guys. I'm saying this out loud so I don't do that. Um, I absolutely love that bike, and I always, you know, for the last 11 years, my big regret when I stopped riding motorcycles was that I never got to ride a Ducati, and I talked to... Uh, um, Dave Chappelle one time and he goes do you ever ride a Ducati when I'm still riding I go ah, yeah, I kind of stuck with the Harleys and he was like oh man he goes you ride a Ducati you'll never go back and that always stuck with me and I was like what the fuck is with the Ducati I gotta know and, and I never did it and whenever I would do Largo when you go drive down La Cienega there's this Ducati dealership and I always every fucking time I wouldn't even be thinking of it. it was like muscle memory my head would turn to the left and I would look and I would think, yep, here's those beautiful red bikes I'm never going to fucking ride. And uh, who knew? I'd finally get to ride one and I'd get to do it there. And I'd get to go see uh, the MotoGP race. So let's get to that. First of all, thank you to everybody at Ducati. Like that was literally, I mean, I'm going to think about riding that bike around that track on my deathbed. You know, that's going to be one of the things that comes around. Like, as sad as I'll be that my life is over and the fun's going to end, I'm going to be like, you know what? I had a great life. Beautiful wife, two beautiful kids. I got to tell jokes for a living. And I got to ride a Ducati Diavel around <laughs> a MotoGP official fucking racetrack. And, uh, I mean, it was just, it was un, I can't, I can't thank any, anybody who was involved in somehow getting me to do it from Dean to everybody at Ducati. It was fucking unbelievable. And I did not come down off of that high yet. I still haven't. I still haven't. Like we, me and Dean, you know, shared a car back from LAX and I just looked at him. I go, dude, we rode Ducatis around the circuit. What the fuck? I can't keep forget what they call it. I keep wanting to say Coda because I'm a Led Zeppelin fan. Cota, C-O-T-A, Circuit of the Americas track. Um, it was unreal. And then they had like they had a sprint race on Saturday, which I didn't know that they they did. They do it so they'll attract more fans on Saturday, and it actually counts for like half points. And um, I want to say Pecco won that one. Pecco won that one. Uh. And then it was like, it was such an amazing day Saturday. I was actually worried that the races weren't going to live up to um, riding a bike around the fucking track. So it gets better. That night, um, 
I text everyone. We drive back, you know, we're back in Austin, and I text everyone over at Joe Rogan's new club, The Comedy Mothership. I was going over there to fucking check that place out, which I already saw, like most of you, I saw the videos on the internet. I was like, my God, this place looks amazing. And I went in there, and uh, I'm not, I'm not even like, I'm not going to even just mince words here. That's the greatest comedy club I've ever fucking been in. And I've been in some fucking great ones. You know, Caroline's. These are the best ones I was in before Joe's. Caroline's, Hilarities in Cleveland. Uh, Comics, the one that when it was in the meatpacking district went out of business. Gotham. uh, uh, The Stand. Those were like, like... so nice you're like how is this still a comedy club because you're used to them being like smaller holes in the wall or whatever you know and I went to the Rogan one and I don't even know where to begin all I can tell is when you go in that place you can tell that every fucking thing on the wall on the floor on the ceiling sight lines everything in that place was painstakingly gone over to make sure that it was absolutely perfect. And that's what I kept telling Joe. He goes, how do you like the club? And I was like, dude, it is fucking perfect. It's fucking perfect. Um, you have to, like, the colors of the booth, the uh, the Mitzi's place, I think that's what it's called, the bar downstairs, um, the main room, the smaller room. I only did, I did two, I did set Saturday and Sunday there in the smaller room. And I love that place in uh, Harlan Williams. What do you say there, Freckles? He was there in the main room. So I got to see him um, headline that place. And uh, yeah, just the green room, the food. The whole thing was amazing. And I knew that he would have this option. I was like, if a comedian is designing the club, he's going to have the option that you can either deal with the crowd or not deal with the crowd. Meaning when your set is over, if you want to go out and talk to the crowd, a.k.a. you had a good set. (laughs) Or maybe, maybe you didn't. Maybe you pissed a few people off. And when you go behind the curtain, you just want to stay there and you can get to the green room without having to deal with anybody. It is fucking amazing. Uh, But the coolest thing, that combined um, two huge worlds of mine, stand-up comedy and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan, I guess, played that place when it was it was called The Ritz back in the day. And, uh, oh, that's another thing. It was, it was a like a punk club, and he had for wallpaper in the green room all like the actual posters of all of these punk bands, you know, Circle Jerks, Misfits, all of these classic bands I'm not a big punk band guy I'm not cool I was listening to disco (laughs) as you heard when I was making fun of uh (laughs) I was making fun of the Canadians um but Stevie Ray Vaughan played there in like 1983 and Joe somehow got somebody to find photos of him playing there and for big Stevie Ray Vaughan fans it was that time in his career right before he started wearing a cowboy hat on stage and he had that that sort of that kang not kango style i don't know what you call it like the brian johnson style hat that he had when you know right from when he was stevie ray vaughn and triple threat and he had a woman in the band before he got with chris layton 
Tommy Shannon, Double Trouble, before they added Reese. Yeah, kind of into, into those guys. Um, anyway, he had these two amazing, like, life-size photos of Stevie Ray Vaughan. And Stevie Ray Vaughan is, like, one of those artists that I find transcends what he does. Like, he's so good at what he does, even though you don't, like, you know, I tell jokes, I don't play guitar. He's so fucking good at it. it it's like, like, I want to get better at what I, like, how do you become, how do I become the Stevie Ray Vaughan of what I'm doing? <laughs> Which obviously is impossible. I mean, that guy's, that guy's a once in a century talent. But it makes, but it does make you dig deeper and try to get better. So to see those, those pictures, and also just to know that you're in a place that 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 guy played in like i really feel that when you perform in a place like that like whatever they did the magic of it is somewhere there if you're into that spiritual shit which i actually am um so i went down there that night joe wasn't there so i had to see him so i, I made sure the next night i went down there again to hang out with him um but, uh, you know, Adam Ray was down there, too, one of my favorites. And I, I met a couple of comedians there. This guy, William, that was hosting. I, I never got his last name. He was funny as hell. And then I brought this kid up that I thought was great, uh, named uh, Miles Johnson. was really funny. Just really, you know. And the club also had open mic night, which is something that went away during my stand-up career. It was how an open mic night was crucial for new comedians and it was crucial for the comedy clubs to keep you know it was like the draft you know you had to keep developing new new uh new comedians to keep the scene alive and um i I always felt that one of the big mistakes that so many comedy clubs did was they stopped having open mic nights and then it just became like like the dust bowl where you just keep farming on the same land until it's just you know Nothing grows there anymore, you know? So um, that was another great thing. And it's right on 6th Street, and it's just, you know, um, I mean, 6th Street's a little loud for me in my old ears, but, like, it is, you feel like that excitement of, of youth and that type of thing coming down the street. So that that's another great energy to have in the club. I, I can't say, like, Joe absolutely fucking picked the perfect venue and crushed it. It's, it's unbelievable. So anyway... So that all happens. That's Saturday. Killer show Friday at College Station. Um, which, by the way, Chris Layton, drummer for Stevie Ray Vaughan, came out to with one of his buddies. I'm dropping names all over the place. I don't give a fuck. All right? I'm still giddy. Um, so that was Saturday. One of the greatest days on the road I've ever had. And then Sunday, we still get to go to the race. And we showed up, and uh, all the races were great. I would say the best race of the day was the Moto uh, Moto 3 race, um, which I was so psyched because I haven't seen one of those races since they stopped having them on TV. They do have them on their website, but like I get so fucking busy that I only watch the Moto GP. So for those who don't watch the uh, the sport, there's, there's Moto 3, Moto 2, and then the top level. And Moto 3 is like 17, 18-year-old future fucking, you know, stars of Moto GP on their way up and uh, they all get the same engine. They almost look like those cafe racers. And it was this absolutely fucking insane race where um, this number five, and I forget the other guy, they kept swapping the lead, and then the lead guy crashed. And he just sort of low-sided it. 
on the on the uh, like turned fourteen or, or sixteen or something like that, somewhere over there, and uh, the dude right behind him, number five, had to slow down, and in slowing down, he went from second and being on the podium to being like fifth or sixth, and there was only two laps to go, and dude, this guy, I I don't know who this kid is, but he raced angry, man. He fucking just went all out past two guys in one fucking turn, I believe, and worked his way all the way back up to second place again. Um, crowd was going crazy. And then the next one was Moto2. And uh, I'm a Joe Roberts fan. You know, I got a root for the Americans here. And he's got the red, white, and blue bike. And he was in, uh, I think he was in 16th. And he got all the way up to ninth at one point. And uh, I think there was something going on with the bike because he was riding great. Uh, but I got to watch him. He he ran great. And uh, that was another amazing um, race. And then the last one, the MotoGP one, was crazy because it was really windy. Like on Saturday it was hot, but uh, on Saturday it was really windy. And like on the first lap, like three guys like just fucking wiped out. Um. I don't know what was going on. Like they said something about the tire pressure in the in the front tire and the wind was just taking these guys out. And like, I think like nine riders went down, not getting bumped or anything, just going into a turn and the bike just went out from underneath them. I think with the wind or something like that, I have no idea. But on like the first, on the first lap, like, um, like I Fabio Gian, Giannatanio, whatever his name is, Riding that light blue Ducati, he he low sided, and then slid into his own teammate Alex Marquez. Just took him right out. I mean, they 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 couldn't have been more than four turns into the fucking race, and two million dollars of motorcycles and an entire team were out. I forget who else wiped out. I don't know if it was Jack Miller or something like that. There was so many big names that went down. Of course, uh, uh, is it Pecco or Pekka? Uh, Francesco Bagnai. I don't know how to say his name. He fucking, he was in first place. The second race in a row, he low-sided and didn't get any goddamn point. He did get to 25, I think, in the sprint race. But I'm totally back into this sport. I had a great time. Alex Rins ended up winning it. And they asked me the night before, they go, hey, do you want to present the trophy? Club Soda called me up. Hey, they want to know if you want to present the trophy. And I'm like, for what? They're like, the, the guy who wins the MotoGP. I'm like, they want me to do that? Doesn't that like a hot chick does that? They're like, they're asking you. And I always say no to that shit. I'm always like, nah, nah, nah I'm not going to do that. That's, that's, uh, I can barely ride a motorcycle. That's stupid. I shouldn't do that. That's outside my wheelhouse. But I was just like, ah, I give a fuck. I'll do that. I don't give a fuck, right? So I show up. The end of the race, they bring me down there. I'm standing behind the fucking podium and I'm watching like, these guys as they come in first second and third place guy and their team's going nuts and they're all screaming and how psyched they are i've always seen that on tv but to see it live the energy is crazy on the other side where i was sitting i saw them bringing in all the bikes that wiped out on this sad little golf cart that <laughs> they brought it in on a trailer so fucking funny man to see a bike that can go 220 fucking miles an hour getting brought in on a little golf cart towed in um so I'm sitting back there, and uh, I'm like, "I'm they really gonna have me do this?" And then when I got back to, they're like, "No, you just, <laughs> I, I, 
I only handed out, I didn't hand out one to any of the writers. I was the first guy. Uh, I got to post the video. It's fucking hilarious. All I, 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 I brought out the trophy for the, uh, what is it? The builders, whatever they call it. Um, Honda won that day. So they, they, you know, they, they won the builders championship or something at that thing. So it was this little trophy and they go, uh, the person announcing goes, and to present the builders trophy, he goes, American comedian Bill Burr, right? And there was like a golf clap, right? <laughs> and of course, I couldn't just walk right to the guy. I had to walk all the way past the other riders. And I, was, I just felt like such a shithead, right? But I was still also like geeking out that I was there. And uh, I fucking handed the, the Honda guy, shook his hand. Oh, and the Ducati guys are giving me a shirt. And they, they were like, you can't wear that out there. So somebody gave me their sport coat to wear out there. So I don't know why, whatever. Um, and then I stood there. And then the guy that runs all of MotoGP, you know, he handed out all the trophies. And uh, right as I was thinking like, oh, fuck, they're going to spray each other with champagne. I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. The, the guy who handed out the trophies was walking away. And, and he just goes to me. He goes, they're going to spray champagne. I go, all right, thank you. Thank you for telling me that because <laughs> this isn't my sport coat. And then I, I was able to get the fuck out of there. Um, yeah, that was my weekend. Then I went down and I, I did the open mic at Joe's Club and I hung out with Rogan and Tony and everybody. And we just had a fucking, Dean, we just had a fucking blast. I don't know why. All of a sudden I just felt guilty telling you guys all of this shit. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. I probably should have left the trophy part. I think you guys were like, all right, Bill, we get it. You had a good fucking weekend, you asshole. You want to hear about my weekend? I was supposed to have it off, and then they fucking called me in because Susie Cuntcakes got the mumps, and now I, now, now I got to fucking I gotta deal with that shit. I got to cover for, you know? I didn't have to, but they said, you know, we'd really appreciate it if you would come in. Sorry. This might be Catholic guilt. I, I, I apologize. I had... A make-a-wish weekend, all right? And I'm not even sick. I am as healthy right now as you guys are sick of hearing about my weekend. Look at that, 38 fucking minutes. I just talked about. Um, anyway, Pekka, uh, Pekka Binyaye, that's how you say it. Jack Miller, Brad Binda. Oh, Nakagami was another guy. He wiped out. Um, I think all of those guys wiped out. There's like a couple of teams that just, I don't know. It was unreal. I want to tell you too, this is the first time I went to Austin and I realized why people move there. You know what it is? They visit Austin in April. All right? But you really need to go there in the summertime. Okay? That's when you separate the men from the real Texans. <laughs> if you can handle 106 degrees. But it's got a, you know, it's got a great food and a really cool vibe. And, you know, I get it. I never got it. I spent, you know what? I spent three days there. And I was like, all right, I get this. I get this. Um, I would still live outside the city, though. If that ever happens, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking live in the middle, you know. Uh, but then if you live in the middle of nowhere, then your neighbors are scary, you know. They got like that think the way I do, you know, you know, people like don't like when you don't think the way they do and then they try to hurt you like 
psycho liberals. <laughs> think the way we think, or we will end your. Say what we say, or we will end your career. You know. And then you got psycho conservatives. You know, think the way we think, or we will shoot you. Um. All right. That's probably you know. That was cartoon versions of both sides, but it was it was it was fair, right? I trash both. Um, anyway, okay, so this is what I have coming up. Um, if you want to go to this live in person, the live MMP that I'm doing at the uh, legendary Troubadour, um, who've been so great to me, and uh, a bunch of people went down there and did shows for them during COVID to make sure they would be okay because they've been so great to artists for all of these fucking years and shit joke telling comics like myself. Um, People have been doing shows there and they were able to survive. So I'm continuing to go down there because I love that place. Um, So many of the bands that I grew up listening to got their big break there or did shows there and all of that shit. So it's going to be at the Troubadour. If you are in Los Angeles area and you would like to be in attendance for the live Monday morning podcast worldwide stream event happening april 23rd at noon uh tickets will go on sale at the time this podcast is published go to uh troubadour.com right now limited tickets are available there's like a hundred i think tickets available and um it's going to be a great time and uh someday i got to do a run of stand updates there you know, I would love to do that. Um, and by the way, I am going to go back at some point if Rogan will have me and I will headline that club. Uh, hopefully sometime soon. I'm trying to like line it up where it works out. Uh, but I'm definitely going to do it, man. God damn it, that place was beautiful. All right, let's do some reads here, everybody. Simply Safe. Simply safe. Uh, who's planning to do... Hey, hey, everybody. Who's planning to do some spring cleaning this year? Uh, dust those hard-to-reach places. Clean out that closet. You know the one. Here's my advice. Clean your house and then protect every inch of it with Simply Safe Home Security. I recommend it to everyone. Well, except criminals. I don't care if you get ripped off. Uh, Simply Safe is designed with cutting edge technology and backed by 24 7 professional monitoring. In an emergency, agents use fast protect technology only from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real. I am the danger. So you can get priority police dispatch. 24 7 professional monitoring service costs under $1 a day, less than half the price of traditional home security systems. You can lock and unlock your doors. You can access your cameras and arm and disarm your system from anywhere. Fucking Buck Rogers shit, man. CNET named Simply Safe Editor's Choice for 2023. Customize the perfect uh, system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash burr. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off your order with interactive monitoring. That's simplysafe.com slash burr. There's no safe. Like Simply Safe, and I'm going to spell it S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash burr. All right, freeze pipe. This is not junkies smoking crack. Uh, 
in November. Freeze pipe is smoking cannabis does, doesn't have to hurt. All right? Doesn't have to hurt. Everybody hurts. Sometimes. So hold on. You know how angry that song used to make me? Because I didn't want to get in touch with that part of me. When that song used to come on fucking MTV, everybody hurts. I'd be like, oh, shut the fuck up. Fucking REM assholes. And now I love the band. (laughs) Well, you know, they're not ACDC, you know. It takes a very special band to sing about broads, their balls, and the devil for 50 straight years, and it never gets old. Um, All right, freeze pipe. Sorry, I'm in the 80s. Smoking cannabis doesn't have to hurt. Upgrade to a freeze pipe today and experience bigger, smoother clouds without the throat burn, chest pain, or coughing attacks. Freeze pipe makes a unique line of freezable pipes, bubblers, bongs, and dab rigs. Bubblers, bongs, dab rigs. Wow. It's fucking weed smoking. I don't even know what half this shit is. That cool smoke by over 300 degrees. Every piece is, you can take a bigger hit. You can get all, you can take a fucking Snoop Dogg hit without coughing and embarrassing yourself with freeze pipe. Every, uh, every piece is made out of thick glass and smoke so smooth, you'll check if the bowl is even lit. The secret is freezable glycerin. Oh, glycerin. Who is that band? Bush, right? The secret is freezable glycerin chambers that come on every piece. Uh, pop one of these chambers in the freeze for one hour. And as smoke passes through, it instantly chilled. It's instantly chilled for a free, for a pain-free and refreshing experience. Think larger clouds with zero chest and throat burn. Finally, no more coughing attacks. No more water chugging with every rib. Okay, we get it. Elegant smoking, blah 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 blah. It's fucking fantastic. Smoke shop pipes, bubblers, bongs, and more. Uh, you can shop for these things at freezepipe.com and use the code BURR, B-U-R-R, for 10% off your entire order. That's freezepipe.com and code BURR for 10% off your order today and say goodbye to harsh smoke forever. Oh, look who it is, everybody. Would you look? Would you look who it is? It's old Zip. Recruiter. Um, Zip Recruiter, everybody. Yes, it's Zip Recruiter, everybody. Oh, the one that started it all. <clears throat> no, actually, that was stamps.com. But whatever. They were there pretty early on, weren't they? The fuck are my notes? Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, every time I go to do this shit, the goddamn screen's shut off. Here we go. Zip Recruiter. Zip Recruiter. You know, whether you're starting a new business or growing one, If you want it to be successful, you need the most talented people on your team. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. And right now, you can try it for free. Zipassler.com slash Burr. Why should you let ZipRecruiter help you hire for your business? Well, that's because ZipRecruiter. 
Recruiter's powerful matching technology finds highly qualified candidates for a wide range of roles. Let's zip. Fill all your roles with the right candidates. Four to five employers who fuck with ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. You don't have time to look at every jerk off in fucking Greenland. All right? You got a goddamn igloo to build. Give me somebody with some their own fucking mittens. See for yourself. Go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. Again, let me spell it. Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R. That's tough. ZipRecruiter. R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R. That, that's Recruiter. That, there's one. There's one back in the day. That would have knocked me out of the spelling bee. Recruiter. The word is recruiter. I'd be like, recruiter. Uh, R-U-C. Sit down, Mr. Burr. Um, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. Spell out Burr. B-U-R-R. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. Oh, I love how I did that. I, I just That's my favorite part of the podcast. That little pause. The smartest way to hire. Bam. Nailed it. All right. Lazy young men. Hey, you Bilbo Bergens. Love the show. Thank you. I figured out what's wrong with the world. Oh, did you figure it out? Oh, thank everybody. Put your brains on hold. This guy figured it out. I figured out what's wrong with the world. Too many young men these days want to sit around making YouTube videos, podcasts. Hey, I'm offended. Or fuck on OnlyFans. <laughs> it pains me to see a room full of healthy, fit young men talking shit into a microphone when they could be building bridges and roads. What, for some fucking cunt with a top hat? Blowing out your fucking back? Fuck that shit. Build a goddamn bridge. They're already built. No, I'm kidding. I know what you mean. Uh, I'm a sewer worker in Australia, and even though the work is shit, pun intended, I earn enough to support my family easily, pay a mortgage, put my kids through private school, and go skiing a couple times a year. Okay, so you're going to try to get a guy to stop podcasting to go work on the town's shitter? I don't know about this argument, buddy. Um, The lesson is hard and shitty work pays well. Oh, there you go. A call to young men to stop fantasizing about being a fucktard with a microphone and get out there, help with the labor shortage. Get your hands a little fucking dirty and put some hair on your chest. As for you, Bill, you're too old to swing spanners. I don't even know what that means. Keep making us laugh with your microphone, mate. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's a hard sell. If somebody's actually making money podcasting, um, I will tell you, blue collar jobs. The people you work with are great. It's fun as hell. Um, but I I can't I can't act like I'm a hard worker. I I, I lasted like eight days doing construction, and I still talk about it. <laughs> I was a grunt. I was like, fuck. I don't know where the fuck I am in the pecking order of the world, but this is, I can't, I'm, 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 what am I going to, I'm going to, I'm going to somehow become a Finnish carpenter or an electrician. I mean, I could have done it through like memorization, but not through like having the gift. So, uh, I kind of went away from that, but I, I I know what you mean, I guess. Don't worry. They're going to have robots soon, right? They already have, they have robots on the subway platform in uh, New York City. Now, how long do you think before somebody fucking kicks that thing over the edge in front of a train? I mean, that's going to happen at some point. 
They call it the snitch bot. Um, all right, centrist fuck. Oh, here we go again. You know, why can't it just be a person that, you know, tries to listen to both sides before he makes a decision? <laughs> you either on this side or the wrong side. Shut the fuck up. Fucking man bun cunt. Um, centrist. I love how liberals just, they got a fucking word for everything. They're supposed to be liberal. Why are they always name calling? I understand the fucking conservative cunts. You know, they like everything from the N-word to uh, whatever the fuck, right? But like liberals, they do centrist. He's, he's, he's a centrist. Um, oh, God, with your hairy pits. All right, William words a lot. You know, we've reached a point in history where you get insulted for wanting a society where nobody, nobody gets everything, but everybody gets something. Nobody gets everything. Oh, nobody hoards all of it, but everybody gets something. You get insulted for that. Uh, the purity tests on either pole of the political spectrum are equally as intolerant. Maddeningly, maddeningly so. Yeah, that's why I, I have somehow, you know, maybe that's a good argument for people to call, call you centrist. It's like, you ever think maybe if you liberals weren't such fuck in, fucking intolerable cunts while calling yourselves liberal, I could fucking you know, listen to you a little more, you know, and I, I'm not into the conservative side either, Lloyd, that's just like, it just should just be for white people, which really is what so much of their shit comes down to, and then you have the other people, it's just like, hey, fucking, you know, we got to fucking, you know, whatever the fuck they're talking about, you say, use these words, or you can, I'm going to fucking come at you. I don't even know. I don't even give a fuck. I can't even, I can't even make a fucking intelligent argument for either side. I'm just sick of them. I'm sick of how you can't even look at a fucking pickup truck on Instagram without somebody like politicizing it. You know, hey, snowflake, this is what a real truck sounds like. You fucking dick sucking snowflake. It's just like, I, I can't just enjoy this F-150. <laughs> You know, oh, I don't get me fucking started. And then liberals out here, oh, fly over state. It's like you're from that state, you douche. I get it. Somebody hung you by your underwear from the door, and now you can never go back there. And you think just because you moved that you're somehow successful. All right. See, I'm not a centrist cunt. I'm a, I'm a, a, a separatist. <laughs> um, all right. Though I don't personally subscribe to either of the major parties, there is one streak of libertarianism that makes sense. My rights end where yours begin. I like that. You know, I don't want to I don't want to be the guy telling somebody what the fuck they can and can't do, but I also don't want somebody doing something that, you know, is fucking with my ability to be happy. You know, we we, got, we should just okay, hey, I want to do this, you want to do that. Let's find a fucking middle ground. I don't, I don't understand what the problem with that is. Anyways, it says, e pluribus unum. I don't know what that means. On lots of USA, USA stuff like our coins. Uh, oh, it's supposed to go USA, USA, stuff like our coins. But Americans don't know Latin. Most people don't know Latin. People always shitting on America. You know what I mean? You're just jealous of our movies and our blue jeans, man. Um, it means... Out of many, one. All right, can you now tell me what that means? Out of many, one. 
Oh, all of us make one? Jesus Christ. How fucking annoying was that whole fucking paragraph? Most of you guys, you know, Americans don't know Latin. Here's the Latin phrase, and here's what it means in English, and I, I'm still not smarter or more informed. Anyway, being able to consider both sides of an argument is now a radical school of thought that puts you in the crosshairs of the left and the right, which proves my point. Oh, gee, what happened here? We're just listening to you make a point. You didn't prove your point. Someone who doesn't agree with you then says, you know what, you proved your point. Did you just bestow that fucking victory on yourself? Huh? You fucking self-ribbon-given motherfucker. Sorry. Uh, Those that claim their side is the tolerant one is completely full of shit. That's true. They're both completely intolerant. And the extremes... The extremes of, of both sides. I don't see why I should have to be at work between a Bible misappropriating holy roller and a non-binary pansexual who identifies as a ferret. <laughs> um, what gives either of them the right to try and bend the world to their distorted way of thinking? Just shut up, both of you, and that's not because I'm intolerant. It's because I have other shit to deal with, and you're putting it in my front yard. Thank you. Exactly. Just shut up. I don't give a fuck what you're doing. Just stop, you know, fucking dictators, man. Anyway, maybe I need sensitivity re-education. By the way, I'm still laughing from the Forest Hill Stadium show last August. That was another fun one. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. And I I guess that that makes you like a centrist. Like, you know, I I listen to people, you know, try to listen to what they're saying. I get it. You're into your guns. I don't want to take them from you unless you're a fucking lunatic. And okay, you identify as whatever the fuck you are. All right. I'll do my best to use the right pronoun. But, you know, I have a life, too, that I have to get to. And if I say the wrong pronoun, I don't want to listen to you fucking flipping out about it. You know? I got to keep my head on a, on a swivel. Kick a ginger day is coming up. Or did it go by? I don't know. It's one of the best things about shaving my head. My shins thank my head every day. <laughs> Once a year. Um, anyway. Yeah, I think most, I got to be honest with you. I think most conservative people and most liberal people are, uh, I think most of us are, are, are sort of the way you describe it. It's like, all right, okay, I get it. You know, everybody fucking relax. We stop yelling at each other. It's so dumb. Um, I know, Bill, you say this every episode. I know, I know. Sorry. Anyway, naming my kid Robinson. All right. Dear Mr. Billy Tits, I, have, I am contemplating having a kid soon and thinking that naming it Robinson would be cool. I think it would be it would work as a boy or a girl name. It is a cool name because of Jackie Robinson and Robinson Cano. It also has lots of good nicknames for different stages of life. If it's a boy, his nickname could be Robbie, Rob, Bob, Bobby, etc. Lots of cool sounding nicknames. So he will probably have lots of friends, right? Um, Depends if he's good at sports or not. Um, Yeah, because if you have an uncoordinated boy and he's named after Robinson Cano or Jackie Robinson, then I don't know. Who knows? If it were a girl, she could go by Robin. So what do you think, Billy Rednuts? Is Robinson a good name for my first kid? Yeah, you know, if you like it. I'm not good at that shit. I don't I'd have to know what your last name is. You know? 
It's not Caruso, is it? Um, I would. I think it's more of a boy name. You know. Yeah, I would think that. I, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not good at that shit. My wife is good at that shit. But then once she picks the name and I hear it, I'm like, that's a fucking good name. That is a good name. Um, yeah, I suck at that shit. I'm not good at like uh, this. All of that type of stuff, I suck at. You know, naming shit. Like they always go like, you got to come up with a name for your tour. And I'm just like, I, 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 I. bald cunt tells jokes. Oh, we can't put that on a poster. I, I, I don't, what, what do you want to call it? Bill Burr pays his mortgage. I can't even say mortgage. Pays his mortgage. How about that? Can we call it that? <clears throat> no, something that's got a little flow, a little flair to it. Um, not good at that. I'm not good at uh, decorating a room. <clears throat> or a man cave or any of that shit. I'm, I'm just not, I, whatever that is. I'm not good at that. So uh, don't ask me about kid names. I don't want, I don't want to do that. I agonize over that shit because I'm just like, what is the name that I can give them that will give them the easiest life? I just don't want to have somebody, some of these fucking names that some people have given their kids. Jesus Christ. And I don't want to say the names because they're the names of actual people. and They don't need the fucking headache. But good Lord. We get it. You're interesting. Oh, my God. What an interesting fucking name. This is my son, Fawcett. Um, Ultimate date fumble. What's up, you miserable ADD cunt? (laughs) I want to argue that, but I can't. Um, For some reason, having you yell in my ear twice a week has tricked my brain into trusting you. So I'd like to tell you about one of my most embarrassing moments. I asked out this hot lady from my class. Look at you. Good for you. And we were having a nice time on our first date. We were driving around and ended up at this playground near our apartments. It had been raining all day, so everything was nice and wet. We were walking towards the fence, and in a moment of douchebaggery, I asked her if she could hop a fence. She said yes, and I then attempted to, oh, no. And I then attempted to clear this wet fence in one smooth motion to impress this sexy little broad. I completely wiped out. Oh, (laughs) Oh my God. I immediately pictured like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber, you know, making some confident face. And he just fucking goes, I ended up on my ass with my arm and hand completely scraped up and bleeding profusely. On the other hand, she jumped over it like a normal human being and got over it with no trouble. Ugh. Does the humiliation ever end? I laughed it off as best I could, but lost all my mojo after that. Kind of hard to make a move when you're covered in blood. We never went out again, and of course, she was in my lab group the next semester, so I had to work closely with her for months. Do you have any embarrassing date stories? With all due respect, go fuck yourself. Um... <clears throat> yeah, yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. They're too embarrassing to even even what where, where do I even begin? Embarrassing date stories? I mean everything. Um 
the one that comes to my mind, I, I just don't want to tell. It's really, because I just don't want to embarrass. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell your story, right? And nobody knows who you are or who the fucking person. I, I don't want to tell my story out of, like, you know, uh, consideration for the other fucking person. All right. I never hopped a fence, but I definitely. Um, all right. I can tell. I think I can tell this one because I didn't date this person for too long. I remember one time I fucking. I was dating this chick, right? Or whatever we were doing. I thought we were just banging. She thought it was a relationship. So it was. <laughs> Um, that was something I learned too. If you're just banging a chick, you can't bang them more than once in a month. You got to go six, six weeks and then really not talk to them. And then not, there'll be no confusion. Or you could just tell them. That's what it is. They never tell guys that when we're young. Just, just tell them what the fuck you want. Right? Right now there's a bunch of women going, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that works both ways. So don't get all fucking excited. All right, you guys don't exactly communicate, too, with your fucking riddles um, of body language or whatever the fuck we're supposed to be picking up. Um, all right, here's one for you. This is just embarrassing in general. So um, I grew up in a overly testosterone neighborhood family. I mean, I think even all the dogs in my neighborhood were, were male. It was just like a fucking sausage fest. So I didn't know, and all I played was fucking sports and I didn't know shit about women you know I didn't know what they liked what they went to I had no fucking clue so I go out to the world right I was a late bloomer and I was an introverted psycho right so I get I think this was my second girlfriend second or third I can't remember what all I know was was her fucking birthday was coming up and I was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck do I, I don't even, I don't, I have no idea what to get a woman for a gift. I had no idea. And I was on the road. I just started doing comedy. And I went into a mall to try and find her something. I think I've told this story before. I don't know why this is so fucking embarrassing. You know what I got her? I, you know, like, you know, like those polo style shirts that like, you know, People wore in the 80s, you know, sort of the date rapist fucking shirt, like the alligator ones, the Izods, like the polo. I bought her three of those. <laughs> and I wrapped them up nicely and I, I gave her a card and she was all excited. I said, hey, happy birthday. I got you something. I remember I was I was in her, be her bedroom. She had this apartment. And... uh I was so fucking nervous. I was just going, oh my God, please, please like let her like this. And she opened it up and she took the first one out and she held it up and she had a puzzled look on her face. And then she, <laughs> she took the next one out and then she just went like, what is, what is this? What, what? And then she took the third one and realized that that's all it was. And she got mad. She goes, what? why would you buy me this? This is like stupid. And she just started, go she started like not yelling, but loud talking about how fucking awful the gift was. 
And I didn't know what to do. I literally sat down on the bed and was like looking down at the floor as she like sort of berated me. <laughs> I mean, looking back, she was right. I was a fucking idiot. But uh, I also got you something for your birthday, you fucking asshole. So I finally regained my footing after about 90 seconds of getting balled out, as we used to call it, getting yelled at. Dude, I got fucking balled out in second period. Teacher's a douche. Um, anyway, she fucking yells at me for, uh, I don't know, like 90 seconds. I don't know how long it was. It was fucking humiliating. And then I just got mad. Surprise, surprise. I was just like, I was like, all right, so you don't, you know, you don't fucking like it. What is she? I give you a fucking birthday. You're yelling at me. And then she kind of realized. She was like, no, no, I'm sorry. And I was like, ah, no, go fuck you. Right. <clears throat> and I just said that. Not because I wasn't accepting her apology. It was because I was so fucking embarrassed. I just wanted to get out of there. You know, like you ever see a baseball manager sometimes just absolutely flip out about the littlest thing. It was just like, did he really do that to get his team going? Or did he just not feel like managing today? Like, Jesus Christ, 162 fucking games a year. Oh, my God. Hey, that wasn't a strike. Go fire, you fat fuck. Fuck you. Fuck yeah, hit the showers. All right, thanks. <laughs> How was the game, honey? Oh, great. I only had to do three innings. Why? What happened? Ah, nothing. I just got sick of listening to people spitting. All right, that's the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to Joe Rogan for uh, building that comedy club, investing his own money in it, and just making the, uh, what this absolute palace for comedians to work out in and have open mics thank you to everybody ducati moto gp thank you for dean del rey for, for introducing me to those people i just had the greatest weekend and of course to the great club soda Ketty. just a fucking awesome weekend we had a great time thank you everybody in austin people in college station all of that and thanks to you guys it works for all of us the united way all right go fuck yourselves and i will check in on you on a thursday <laughs>